Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by the wonderful, awesome, super impressive Lisa Sterling, Chief People and Culture Officer at Ceridian. Lisa Sterling, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bill. It is absolutely an honor to be here, and I'm excited to chat with you this morning. Okay, so beyond my wee introduction there, uh, please tell our listeners a bit, a bit more about yourself, your career background prior to joining Ceridian. Absolutely. Um, so, so I actually have um, a little bit of, a, of an interesting background in the sense that um, I actually have, have kind of grown up in what I would consider kind of the, the product and services side um, and sales side of, of organizations. I've spent a, a number of years specifically working for high-tech companies, um, predominantly in the, the sales and product areas within those organizations, really focused on how do we build um, better consumer-driven experiences for people in the workplace um, to be more successful in their roles? And, and whether I was helping companies understand the need um, for the technological platforms or on the, the back end actually helping design those more people-centric platforms, uh, it, it's been a, a wonderful opportunity that has positioned me to be in the role that I'm in today as, as the Chief People and Culture Officer at Ceridian because I'm ultimately responsible for kind of the ideation, execution, and implementation um, of all things people, technology, and programs um, that have significant cultural impacts uh, across our organization. So a little bit different than kind of your, your traditional people and culture or HR leader in that uh, my expertise and, and experience really is more on the, the, the people side of, of the element than it is on kind of the transactional side of, of it. So um, I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and look forward to talking all things uh, HR and future of work. Wonderful. Thank you very much. So what does an average week look like for a chief people and culture officer at Ceridian? That is a great question. And I'm glad you said at Ceridian because I think uh, my, my uh, typical week looks probably different than a, than a lot of organizations. Um, I predominantly spend my time interacting with our people, our customers, uh, our partners, and our prospects. And so on any given week, uh, you know, I'll use uh, last week as an example. I had the great honor and pleasure of being in Toronto and speaking at the HR Tech Conference uh, up there, um, while at the same time spending time in our, our Toronto office, talking with our employees, seeking guidance, getting input. Um, and, and really learning more about the things that we can do to continue to evolve our, our organization um, and our culture. So um, any given week, uh, I can be found uh, in front of our customers, in front of prospects, in front of uh, our people, really having conversations. Um, and, and to me, that's really what my role is, is, is all about, is, is it's out there advocating for our people, it's learning from our people, and it's creating experiences for our people to be the best version of themselves at and away from work. Um, and we do that through, um, through the, the cultural, cultural evolution and, and experiences we've had in place over the past few years. So the HR Gazette were uh, fortunate to be a media partner at that wonderful summit, the HR Tech Summit in Toronto last week. And uh, Lisa was super impressive there. And a big shout out to the organizers of the summit. You did a fantastic job once again, guys. Okay, that's enough, uh, that's, that's enough publicity for them. For now, let's, uh, let's continue through. Uh, tell me, what are, what are some of the, the biggest macro trends that you're seeing shaping the future of work right now? 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of them. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll just focus on the ones that I I believe to be really key right now. Um, first and foremost, it's the global competition for talent and for people. You know, we we've always had a a philosophy that uh, if you win the war on talent, you win the war in the marketplace, and and that is is truly that is truly the, the way it is right now. We've we've been talking for years and years about this this competition and, and it's really heating up now more on a global basis. You know, organizations are facing um, a lot of diff- different societal and economic pressures that are impacting the labor market. Uh, we're seeing record lows the, uh, in terms of unemployment. Um, you're seeing that be exasperated by the fact that there is a significant shortage in, in some of the, the critical skills, maybe not necessarily that are needed specifically in today's world, but as you look forward to the future of work that are going to be absolute kind of the tickets to admission um, in future roles. And, and for that, uh, you know, organizations like Ceridian and, and others are being faced with um, less access to what I would consider high-performing and world-class talent. And so I know when I go to bed um, every night, and, and I'm not a real sound sleeper, uh, I wake up thinking about how do we continue to get the best and the brightest to come to work for Ceridian because we're fighting for the same talents that, that others are. I think second and, and kind of coupled with that is there is going to be a significant expertise um, gap, so to speak, in terms of what the, the workforce has in, in skill set, experience, et cetera, and what the future of work is going to require. I mean, if you think about some of the disruption that is happening right now in terms of technological advancements with things like robotic process automation, artificial intelligence, machine learning, whatever the, the words or, or descriptors are that you want to utilize, those are disrupting the work that people are doing. It's removing the need for some of the, the more routine, transactional, tactical types of things that humans have been um, predominantly responsible for delivering on. And so organizations are challenged by how do you continuously provide the necessary education, experience, exposure to people so that they can constantly adapt their skill sets, um, but more importantly, upskill their workforces. We all know that what got us here will not get us there. I think any organization that's, that's looking into the future of work has realized that whatever got them to the point that they're at right now, whether highly successful, kind of mediocre, or not performing where they want to be, they know that how they got there is not how they're going to get to the next phase. And, and so um, I, I think that's, that's incredibly important to recognize. And then as I started to mention, the, the new kind of disruptive elements of, of technological advances are really going to compound the challenge within our organizations. Uh, McKinsey recently put out a report that said basically there will be um, a net 73 million jobs that they believe will be lost specifically in the United States alone, so we're not even talking global here, um, due to advances in artificial intelligence, machine learning, robotic process automation by the year 2030. And if you think about that, I mean, you've got, you've got a, a very vast set of experiences, maturities, et cetera, in the workforce. These types of things are, are just going to exasperate the problems that we're having with the, the experience gaps, the skills gaps, and the a global competition for talent. So I think you, you can kind of couple those three things together. And I know, I wouldn't say they stress me out because um, I try I try not to let those things uh, to get under me, but they are definitely things that are top of mind um, and what I go to bed and wake up thinking about on a daily basis. Wow, 73 million people, eh? Gosh, that, that, that's, that's incredible. Do you, do you think, 
while while leaders of organizations like Sridin get it and understand that um, there's an urgent need for reskilling, do, do you think there's there's the same degree of urgency and and um, appreciation of that from from your, from your average employee that you know a, a mid career level employee now? Do, do you think they really get it? At least let, let's use Sridin as the example, right? <laughs> it, within your, within your company culture, uh, it, it it does. Does the, the the mainstay of the of uh, the employees are they embracing the idea of of, of reskilling and, and getting new uh, new tech skills to, to keep them relevant over the next couple of decades? Absolutely, and this is one of those places where I will I will I will say something that I'm sure some of your listeners will agree with, and, and there will be others that disagree. But I don't. I don't believe that there are generational issues within our organizations. I believe that fundamentally, regardless of where you're at in your career progression or career trajectory, we are all faced with the same fears. Um, we are all faced with the same opportunities. We are all faced with the, the same challenges. And, and those are not generationally based. And, and uh, I think every employee within Ceridian, regardless of you know, are they in middle leadership? Are they a frontline employee? Are they a new grad? Are they a, an experienced and mature worker? Um, they all are understanding that the workforce is evolving and it's evolving at a pace that's far more rapid than they've ever seen before. Um, they're acknowledging the fact that um, there is going to be a, a necessary um, kind of shift in the way people learn, the frequency they learn, what they're learning. Um, and I think for the most part, people are very, um, very much adopting of those and, and, and actually in some instances starting to demand that we up our game as an organization to be even more provocative in the ways that we're thinking about reskilling our workforce and giving the proper educational opportunities and, and, and investing in our employees. And so I bring up that generational piece because I think um, in a lot of the conversations that I'm involved in, you know, people say, oh, well, there's different expectations of the millennials and, and they, they expect far more um, than the people that are, are in kind of that middle level of, of their career. And, and that's, I don't find that to be true. I don't think it has anything to do with what, when you were born, I think it has to do everything with the experiences and the expectations that, that organizations have and, and create people. So um, yes, the short answer is yes, people absolutely um, are aware of that. You know, a few years ago, I think people were nervous about that uh, because there was all this buzz and noise that, oh, you know, robots are going to come in and take over and there's going to be all this automation and we're not going to have a need for the reality is human beings and people are what make companies work. Um, and, and whether you bring, you know, machine learning in or AI or robotic elements, humans still have to be involved in the development and building of those things and creating the technologies, et cetera. And so, I think people need to embrace the fact that what they do today might not be what they do tomorrow, but if they are open to continually progressing and, and being a, a continuous learner, um, there, there's going to be lots of opportunities for them to evolve with their employers um, as the future of work evolves. Okay, thank you. What an answer. Gosh. So how, how can human capital management technology help organizations attract and retain talent in this brave new world, this, this new type of work environment that, that folk will be within? Well, first and foremost, you look at the, 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 the HCM technology that's in the market right now, and, and obviously I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference Dayforce because uh, it, it's, it's our own product and it's a huge part of our cultural transformation at Ceridian. And, and that is 
organizations are, are taking a different approach to the way they build, um, you know, the, 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 the HCM solutions and the technology platforms out there. They're really taking a much more human-centric, people-centric, consumer-based approach to that. And, and so when you think about something like Dayforce, um, and you, you marry that up with the expectations of, of individuals and the demands that they have of the organization, it becomes a continuous experience that, that really fills out the entire life cycle of our employees. And, and we believe that when you get the relationship right with your people, first and foremost, they build world-class relationships with their customers, and then you maximize shareholder value. Well, for us, our technology platform, Dayforce, is a huge part of getting that relationship right with our employees because, you know, the modern worker today is very much focused on culture. They're making a selection decision just as the company's making a selection decision when they, they choose to join or not join. And they are demanding things like flexibility. They, they want you to select them. They want you to, to empower them. They want you to get out of their way and allow them to do the job you selected them for. And, and they want to have, you know, flexibility. They want to have access to information in real time. They want to be able to share insightful feedback um, and have two-way communication. And if you think about the advances in products like Dayforce, they become the underpinnings of that, that cultural excellence. They're at the, the core of that because your, your people are relying so much on technology to get the information that they need to provide the flexibility that they deserve, even when it comes to things like career growth. You know, as a, as a company, one of the main things that our employees expect and, and again, demand from us at Ceridian is the opportunity to grow their career, um, to have a, a job that provides significant meaning where they can be influential and impactful to the organization. And they want to work in an environment that, that stimulates their growth and, and, and allows them, most importantly, to build fluidity between their personal and professional lives. Um, and again, I, with the, the advances of HCM solutions, you can do that. This concept of work-life balance and even work-life integration, in my opinion, is outdated. It really is about work-life fluidity. And, and Dayforce provides that by giving you the, the, the technological elements that you need to manage your career and to create those delightful experiences within the workplace real time. So a lot has been said about the need for organizations to have diverse and inclusive cultures. How should companies be approaching this? And how, in your opinion, how can human capital management tech assist HR pros in building inclusive cultures? Yeah, that is a, a great question. Um, and I, as you know, I, I spoke at uh, some length about this uh, last week. So the first thing that I will say, and, and this is what the, the folks that were in Toronto heard from me last week is, we, we've got to get to a place where we're beyond having a conversa conversation about diversity. Um, I equate co uh, the, the conversation of diversity like the conversation that um, we used to have at Ceridian with our prospective customers around compliance. When we first came out with Dayforce, we always got lots of questions about how compliant our solution was, how much we kept up to date on the, the changes and taxation codes and things like that to ensure our customers we're, we're compliant. That is no longer a topic ever that we have with our prospects or our customers because there's just an expectation that if you're an HCM technology provider delivering payroll globally, you have to be compliant. It, it's the same mentality with kind of the, 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 the thought process around inclusivity, um, acceptance, and belonging in an organization. Companies need to get beyond having a conversation about diversity. And, and the way that they can do that is to really start focusing on how 
do you create an environment, a culture, an experience that truly is 100% inclusive, 100% accepting, and creates a high level of, of, of belongingness as a feeling for employees where they can bring their whole self to work every single day and be the best version of their whole self every single day. And through systems like Dayforce, you have information that is readily available at your fingertips to help you understand um, are you doing things um, that are creating equitable, fair, and competitive experiences, whether that's looking at progression of people in their careers um, across the organization, um, whether that's how you're selecting different uh, individuals that come from all different walks of life, to some of the basic things just to understand the, the makeup of your, your organizational population. But again, it's, it's moving beyond that and, and starting to understand kind of critical data-driven insights around how, how and what you're doing to build a culture that makes everybody feel like they can bring their whole self to work. And so again, as, as we think about you know, HCM platforms and Dayforce, these global human capital management systems really become the underpinnings of transforming that employee experience and, and giving full visibility to every single person in the organization. So I, 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 it, it, it's a different answer to the question than what most people would expect. But again, I, I think it's, this is really where we can start digging into the information and combining all kinds of different data points and elements together to help us understand where are there opportunities within our culture and our employee experience where maybe we aren't fair, equitable, competitive, and we're not building an inclusive, accepting culture that gives everybody the high sense of belongingness that they want. This is the starting point. Um, it's, the, it's the moment where we can have those aha discussions because we have data at our fingertips that say, hey, you're doing exceptionally well here, not so well here. But more importantly, these systems are starting to help people like myself know what questions to ask. They're, they're learning what it is that we're focusing on, and they're being more prescriptive um, and predictive in helping you understand things. That's really where I see the future of, of HCM driving inclusivity and acceptance and belongingness in organizations is it's going to, our systems are going to be smart enough to help us understand what maybe we don't even know we should be looking for and start to present potential risks for us before we even know which questions to ask. Awesome. Thank you very much. We are coming towards the end of this interview, Lisa. Uh, before we before we wrap things up for today, how can our listeners connect with you and how can they learn more about Dayforce? Absolutely. Uh, so I, I'm i just Lisa at Ceridian.com. That's probably the, the easiest way to, to get a hold of me is uh, just drop me a quick uh, email. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Snapchat. <laughs> Um, you, you can pretty much find Lisa Sterling uh, just about anywhere. And, and if folks are interested um, in learning more about Dayforce and, and how we're drinking our own champagne at Ceridian um, by utilizing our own people experiences to create new experiences and features in Dayforce or even our, our cultural transformation, drop me a note. Um, I can connect you with the right people internally, but, but more so I'm, I'm happy to spend additional time answering the, the question, sharing our story. I, I'm a big believer in don't go out and, and, and vastly recreate the wheel if, if other people have had great success. Just take what you can, personalize it, make it your own, and, um, and, and move forward. Your, your, rate at, uh, your rate of success is, is significantly reduced um, for you to get there faster if, if you learn from others. So 
reach out. I'm happy to, to have a further chat. Well, I have certainly enjoyed this chat today and uh, I'd love to get you on for another for another interview in, in the near future. I would be honored. Awesome. But for now, that just leaves me to say, Lisa, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate it. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.